Welcome to Odds and Ends, a Stock Odds podcast with Rob Friesen and Dave Singh. And we're here to take a look at the market ahead and see where the data can help us. Uh, hey, Rob. Morning. Hey, there. Actually, not, good evening, not morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, Monday night, getting ready for uh, Tuesday here. Uh, we've had a long weekend and, you know, stuff, uh, stum- stuff comes out and uh, it's a short week. Um, and... A lot of things can get compressed in a short week. Um, there are um, certain players possibly uh, out of the market for a few days here, even into next week because of uh, Jewish holidays and stuff. Um, so, you know, that could lower the volumes uh, for a bit. And when I find lower volumes, I find generally um, more of opportunity for blue skies. I just, I don't know what it is. But it just seems that the bulls can have their way when volumes are really light. So what do you think? Well, I mean, market's up nicely. And the futures are up. Uh, NASDAQ's a little better off than the rest of the indices. Yeah, the NASDAQ 100 is is showing some leadership right now, right? Yeah, up about a quarter of a percent. And Bitcoin, Bitcoin's over 52,000 for the first time in a few months. That's a, So is that uh, signal some risk on? Risk on, yeah. And um, there's this mentality in the retail community that uh, after Labor Day, that's when the adults in the room come back from the vacations, volume picks up. So there's that sentiment. So I think um, it's a little bit bullish um, backdrop going into the week. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, I, thought, I thought today we could talk about the idea of conflict and not, not geopolitical conflict, but conflict when you do screens, when you have data, when you have signals um, and strategies. Yeah. And, that's a good topic. Uh, let's just finish up a little bit on the market indicators. I find the VIX is channeling kind of around that 18 to 1850 number. We're not seeing a VIX uh, get down to that that 15, so it's still it's still staying a little bit elevated, um, but uh, you know nothing really to to write home about right now. It's sideways. Um, we see in uh, we see the DAX trading up and the Euro stocks 50 uh, signaling pretty bullish. The Nikkei is up as well. Um, so that's that's looking good. And like you said, the NASDAQ 100 is up. Um, S&P not as much and the Dow or the Diamonds not as much as what the NASDAQ 100 is showing. So that's just showing some leadership in the big techs. Um, Russell 2000 is actually down a little bit from... Uh, from what we saw on Friday. So um, Russell 2000, I mean, if, if we saw that come around, we'd be more full risk on, right? Um, but as of right now, it had a pretty good run over the last little while, got back to the top of its channel. And so it might've run out of steam. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick it over to really kind of um, a technology play week right now, the way it's looking, mm-hmm. big technology, um, I know that there's been a lot of comments by people. There's still room to run in these techs, so I'm I'm kind of leaning more to Nasdaq 100 leadership, with the spy following and the Dow kind of you know back and forth jostling with the with the spy, um, and the Russell playing uh, lagger. Okay. And dollar's still at a near one month low too. Mm-hmm. What do you see that? Okay. All right. So what's the conflicts here? What, what's going on? I mean, with any strategy, like like we have these um, screeners and they produce so many different signals for us. Some are relative strength, some are standard deviation, 
you've got your mean reversion ideas and your trend following. With My question is, with so many tools at your disposal and these screeners and outputs, you're going to get some um, signals that conflict. Maybe in your RSI, Apple's a, a long candidate and it doesn't show up in your in your moves or your Bollinger Band. So how do you um, resolve this conflict or have a systematic way to approach uh, trading once you start getting into this data mindset of trading from a like an algorithm. Yeah, well, um, part of, part of what I do if if I'm looking at multiple screens is um, I kind of use an average. So, for example, let's take Adobe. Adobe came up in my long screen as I imagine it did yours, right? Yeah. Okay. Just take a look at Adobe. And so, um, do you have an agreement? on odds and average performance across the board? Yeah, it appeared both in the open to close output and in a three-day perspective. Yeah, but so is the odds positive and the average performance positive on all, all your metrics there? Correct. Okay, so I took, I took all those longs and I dumped them also into momentum three, uh, percent R, and that's a five period, and stochastics five period. Hmm. Interesting, right? So I got a long for Adobe. However, here's the problem. The odds for momentum three, the odds are positive and the average performance is negative. On percent R, odds are positive, average performance is negative. On stochastics five, average performance is positive by a good margin. And so when I average the average performance of okay. the three, I get a positive number. Okay. So the so I average the odds, that's 58.0. I average the average performance, which is 0 0.08, and the sharp is also averaged, and that's positive as well. And MFE is larger than MAE. So it qualifies for a long. And I did that on all of the longs that were run on the open to close and the close to close three screens, right? Okay. So guess what? You speak of conflicts. I only have four symbols that we need to look at that are conflicts where they say it could be a short candidate. So let's just take a look at them. Pop, pop, pop it into a chart right now on your end mm -hmm. and look at ETR. So ETR says, hey, uh, I'm conflicted on the three screens that I ran. So I'd like to know from, from your data right now, how strong is your ETR argument? Just take a look at your three matching uh, periods there yeah. and, and to tell me how strong of an argument can you make for that? We've got good odds. Uh... So what's the odds on your end? The average of my odds are 58.5, and the mm. average of my average performance is 0 0.13. Zero, 0, 0.13, okay, so, so, and that's uh, that's a three day or an open to close? That's the open to close perspective. That's pretty strong for an open to close, so it's not bad. Okay, so what I got is 46.33 average on my odds with a minus 0.26. So take a look at a chart on ETR. You notice something? It had a pretty big run over the three days up to Friday. Mm -hmm. 
and it had a gap down and then it filled the gap and kind of came back to where it was before it had its uh, bad spell. Mm -hmm. And then it pulled back a little bit on Friday. So when I'm looking at that, I, I'm, you know, I'm not super excited about it, mm -hmm. but where it is now. So like in all of the other symbols, except these four that we're going to look at, everything is in agreement. So imagine this, you have, you have last performance, right? So whatever the move was, and you have odds on open to close and three days. You have RSI, which is relative strength, two period, open to close and three days. You have uh, standard deviation, which we use percent BB, so proximity to the band. And you have open to close and three days. And you all those symbols agree. You've curated it all, right? Sure. And I've taken that list and I've done the same thing, but on the momentum percent R and stochastics. Okay. And everything agrees except for four symbols, mm. which is pretty amazing if you think about it. Like, like no matter what these signals have hit on so many different levels, they're really saying they're 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 compelling in that they see the same thing. Yeah. Right. And here's a few arguments. So I was just telling you one way that I deal with the arguments is I look at whether the average of you know the conflicts is still a positive or a negative. Right. So let's say you've got. Uh, I've only, I'm looking at uh, open the close only. So I've got minus 0.26. Um, oh, sorry. One, one, one mistake I made here. Um, I used some, I, my apologies. I summed, I summed, I summed the averages. I did not average the averages, right? Because I have like, I have negatives and a positive. So yeah. it's a sum. So my sum is minus 0.26 as an argument. Okay. Now, if I average it, we'll do it both ways just to see. Um, I'm glad I caught that here. Don't want to lead you astray, right? The well, average is minus. The average is minus 0 0.08 from the three. So yours is a little bit stronger at point. I see an average of 0 0.4 on the three-day perspective for ETR. <clears throat> 0 0.4? Yeah, it's pretty, very strong. That's pretty strong for the three days, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Um, that, you know. It it did you know it did hit that RSI value and it's it, it's it, it's in its mid range now right so I mean the transition is is possible either way I just don't like how it filled very quickly those three days in got back up there and it's just hanging out there that kind of makes me a little bit nervous so let's roll down to MDLZ was the another conflict MDLZ. So this one had a uh, price reject, hit the lower Bollinger Band, hit the 
you know, on Friday and kind of reversed and it's just hanging out there. It had basically closed at the same price it opened. And it's just, just hanging out there. So um, my values are slightly positive on the uh, odds and just very slightly negative on the um, average performance. How strong of an argument can you make for it off what you see? On the open to close, I see odds of 53 and the average performance of the 0 0.13. Um, mm -hmm. That's then, not bad. Okay. On the well, uh, th that was an open close. Seconds. What about three day? Uh, three day better odds, 64. Okay. 0.42 for odds uh, for average performance. So okay, I'm gonna uh, you win you win that argument. I'm gonna put it back in the um, long category. I mean, part of this whole thing is uh, overall, how many longs did you curate? Yeah, I had a up close to 140 longs. I know, but you curated it. You boiled it down to the 24, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, and how many shorts? Only five, so very few shorts. Relative. Well, see, that's the problem I had on Thursday. Is is that there was a you know an up day, and I hardly had any any uh, shorts. Um, but Friday, I had a better balance of longs and shorts, and that worked out well. The market closed down just slightly, um, as we expected it on our seasonality um, for the first Friday of September was supposed to be down, and we we pretty much nailed it, right? So, so um, that, I have a question. When you find that. We have very few shorts. Is it better to, like, this is the S&P 500. Is it better to expand out the universe of stocks we're looking at to the S&P 1500 just to get more short candidates? I or, think so. I think else? I think that's yeah. I think that's not a bad uh, suggestion. Well, here's the problem. Okay, we just finished talking about the Nasdaq 100 being strong and looking like it's going to come out of the gate here in September, maybe stronger than the rest of the market, right? The September is not supposed to be a, a really good performing month. So if, if it comes out of the gate really strong with that, what's the problem with the NASDAQ 100 and the S&P 500? Very concentrated in a few stocks. Well, yeah, like 22%. In five stocks. 22% right? <laughs> of the S&P is six stocks. Mm -hmm. So um, we've got, you know, if that if those have the leadership, if those particular 22% uh, have the leadership, your SPY short is not going to help you if, for example, your longs just don't want to give you any alpha against it. They don't want to perform, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you like to find a little bit better balance of shorts that are also expected to underperform the S&P. See, this is, this is what we're really after. We want some longs that outperform the S&P 500. Well, if the S&P 500 is concentrated into six stocks that are on fire, you're going to have a hard time with that one anyway. But then we want some shorts that will underperform the S&P 500. And if we can get a good blend, mm -hmm. like it, it, it really does work out a lot better than having just exposure, you know, to a, a few concentrated stocks. So. That's what I'm a little bit nervous about. And if you expand it out to the S&P 1500, you may find, you know, uh, a lot more choices candidates in the uh, short category. Good right? plan. Yep. It, you know, another option is um, you could do this. You could say, um, pick some of your longs from the NASDAQ 100 
and then pick some of your uh, shorts from the Dow and the uh, S&P, right? That way you're kind of like, your long exposure is is more in keeping with what looks like it wants to do. And all, And all I'm saying is, we just don't know except that all of the indicators so far, and that's that's a sentiment backdrop, that's sort of like what we're seeing with some of the funds that are concentrated into some of these names, mm -hmm. and what we're seeing in the futures already tonight is that the S&P 500, or S&P 100, sorry, the, the NASDAQ 100 has the leadership, right? I might go into the Russell and find some shorts later tonight. <laughs> Well, no, I, I don't know. If, yeah, I mean the Russell is weaker, but th there's a big problem if it wants to if it wants to play catch up. Like, okay, imagine this, and this is this is really important to talk about because you're first a risk manager, right? So right now you're saying Nasdaq 100 strong, S and P not too bad, and the Russell is weaker. So you're going to go into Monday. You're going to buy the stronger names and then you're going to short the weaker names in the Russell. But just imagine now you're selling at a discount some of the Russell stuff. You're buying at a premium some of the other stuff. And imagine that the Russell wants to play catch up and say, me too, me too, me too. What is going to happen to your portfolio for the day? I'm going to lose on both sides. <laughs> Well, no, you probably won't lose so much on the NASDAQ side, but if it's going to be a risk on day like that, but you're going to have those Russell stocks move awfully fast. <laughs> have you ever been short Russell 2000 stuff before? Yeah. It, I've been it's, not, it's not very pretty when when it becomes a risk on day and 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 you have all the high volatility stocks short. <laughs> Is not very pretty, so uh, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go crazy on that. So I would probably say, you know, Russell, Russell three thousand, or Russell, sorry, Russell one thousand would be a better choice than the two thousand. Okay, so the Russell one thousand or the S and P fifteen hundred, you know, and the Dow give you a little bit better coverage for finding some shorts. But you don't want to force the issue either. You don't want to try. Like I, I had a, a great talk with, with one of my traders about this and just said, you know, some of the mistakes that he made was like he just tried too hard to get that short coverage, mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't work out for you very well. So if you can't find them, let's just use what we have, which is the S&P 500 ETF, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you... If you come out of the gate pretty flat tomorrow, it's not like you're not paying a lot of premium and you're you know, putting your shorts on uh, your hedge, you don't have to overweight. You're, like, you're not gonna beta balance, you're probably gonna just capital balance, but you don't have to use all your capital right away on that. Kind of meter it in. If it's rallying, just, just let her rip for a bit and then you know, hedge off when you need to. That's a better way to deal with a day like tomorrow. Good plan. Good plan. Right? Don't like just like I know it's so it's so easy to just want to hedge off completely, but it depends on what the market's doing. If the market's opening down between now, something happens between now and the open, and as we're opening down, 
well, then you're you're going to be really thankful you have a lot of extra longs, right? Mm-hmm. And if the market starts bouncing, then don't hedge off. If the market's opening down and starts sliding, then immediately slam on your hedge, okay? Now, if the market's rallying and you're mostly longs, just let it, you know, go until you think it's run out of steam and then hedge off. Uh, and then you're going to have a great day. I think that the execution addition is where I've been missing some of my, I, I, I do have everything at the open, all, even the hedges, all shorts, all longs on right at the open. But I think you can get a little extra uh, out of that execution kind of edge. Right. Okay. Oh. So you convinced me on MDLLZ. Why don't we look at uh, Northern Grumman? What's your <laughs> argument for that one? It's been, Northern Grubman has been really sort of choppy, like one day up, one day down, one day up, one day down. It's actually been incredible for noise trading. And you know what? There's not a lot of budget going into some of these defense contractors. They're really, they've really been pulled back, right? Yeah. Um, and, and they're just sideways and choppy. And so the big, the big benefit of government contracts and everything has happened in the past and now looking forward, they don't have the big swelling budgets and the contracts anymore. So the question is, you know, whether that will change down the road. But for now, Northern Grumman is pricey. Um, let's see, price on a price to book level, it's pricey. Debt debt to equity, it's pricey. On the PE level, no, it's pretty good value. EPS this year, it's already being factored in. EPS next year is much less. So like EPS this year is 43.9. EPS next year is only 4.18. So, um, you know, I think that this thing is kind of priced for what was expected this year. And the big run was from March until May. Mm-hmm. It's been sideways and completely noisy and choppy until then. And from, from really from May till now. I mean, I'm serious. Like one, I have it in my portfolio a lot of times each day. I mean, not each day, every other day. It's like, oh, there it is again. It's like one day long, one day short, one day long, one day short, and it's it's been paying off. Mm-hmm. Well, I have it as a short for tomorrow. What do you have? On an open to close basis, it's got odds of 59, and okay. average performance 0.14 as a as a long candidate. And then on a three-day perspective, let's see. Got it as odds of uh, um, 61, close to that, and uh, 0.42 again. So well, okay. Based based on it having had a down day of 60, like 0.64 percent, right? Down two dollars and 37 cents on Friday. Based on that, yes. For open the close and even possibly for the three days, I can see some upside. Um, on momentum, stochastics, and percent R, it's suggesting that it is a bit softer. That's all I'm saying. So um, because it had a down day, I'm going to go with you. You win again. You win again. Yeah. Okay. So I think the theme here is that that last performance, a good, strong, negative last performance is really helping with that mean reversion, adding a little extra juice yeah. when there is a long candidate. Yeah, well, I mean, that see right there. So so you started to ask earlier in the show, 
about the conflicts. So part of it was sort of looking at like if you have two arguments that are negative and one that's positive, does the positive beat the combined of the two negatives? Um, you know, then it could still be an argument for the positive side, right? And then the other aspect is what did it do last? Mm-hmm. I think both of those are a great way to approach it. Okay, the last one is SIVB. Okay. How strong of an argument do you have for that? I've got the same problem with this as with Northern Grumman, which is uh, it's choppy, sideways, hasn't really been going anywhere, and um, you know it's a it's a it's a pricey stock too. Um, it doesn't have much debt, uh, but it is a bank, so it's always kind of tricky with valuing on. A book value or a debt to equity value, but um, yeah, it's just been choppy. It's not. It's definitely not climbing. Um, so mine has it as a short again, and 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 a and a stronger argument for short than Northern Grubman was for sure. So what do you have? Convince me. I've got it as a long with the odds in the open to close odds of fifty eight, average performance of zero point two three, but the last performance was actually up. So I don't think it's like like the last one uh, coming from a position where it was down the previous day. So uh, you may be convincing me that it's not a good, <laughs> good long. And on the well, we're right. Yeah, we're kind of right at the moving average. Um, we are still heavy on the RSI up there. Um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my short on that. So you can have the other ones. You you got um, and we we were undecided on ETR, weren't we? Um, we're on the fence with ETR. I'll tell you what, I'll do a short on the ETR. You can do a long, <laughs> okay? Um, and then SIVB, I'm gonna stay short on that one. So you got two, and I kept two. All right, that's but that's uh, that's a wrap tonight. Um, it's it's really about conflict management or what do you what's the other terminology conflict resolution <laughs> so um you know i think it, it does help i feel you know it, it's really tough for a lot of traders not to have people to talk to you know to be an island and and uh, I, I like this just being able to discuss uh the next day planning and then that's the thing we do we plan ahead of time we can plan for today we could plan for next friday if we wanted to we can plan a plan ahead which is a really amazing so anyway why don't you uh wrap it up here any uh anything else no that's good i'm, I'm you give me some good ideas too i'm gonna rework my list for tomorrow and uh that's a good one all right okay. thanks for, thanks all right i have a good trading day tomorrow take care good luck